So this week, I discovered one of the quickest ways to dampen your mood. Like even in a room full of happy kids, one of the quickest ways to dampen your mood. Like if you're feeling too happy and you're just not having it, like I do not want to be this happy. Do what I did and you'll be like alone in the dark at your house listening to emo music like you never have. Just, just getting, it, getting it down. And so today, um, we're actually talking about burdens today. So naturally, I googled. I wanted to find out some of the things that are burdening people the most lately. And I ended up reading uh, two different surveys. One was actually from the military and one was um, from the American Psychological Association um, that you take to discover your levels of stress, your levels of overwhelm. And so here are some of the burdens, the issues that I think threatened to overwhelm all of us at different times in our lives. Family difficulties was one of the top ones on the list. Issues at work with co-workers or finding work or keeping work. Financial struggles. If you're in an accident, and they separated this out, being in an accident and causing an accident. Separation or divorce, physical or mental illness. Struggling to care for a loved one. An unexpected death. Being harassed or bullied moving, feeling a lack of purpose in life. And so you're welcome. Now that I've brought us all straight into the middle of an REM song, (laughs) you're welcome. Though I do actually want to invite you for just a moment this morning to consider the things that are weighing you down the burdens that you are carrying, maybe that you brought with you today. They're hard to get rid of sometimes, those burdens. So take a moment in silence to consider where you've been, what you've been carrying around with you. Now, hear these words of Jesus from Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Look, God, we do come to you from so many different places in life, in the world. We can come carrying different struggles different burdens that that weigh us down, keep us from experiencing the life fully that you have for us. So today we lay them down before you and we trust 
We know, we believe that you are the Lord of the Sabbath, the Prince of Peace, that your Son, Jesus Christ, offers us rest. And so speak to us today a word of rest, of comfort, of compassion. That's in your name we pray. Amen. I really think that's it, isn't it, right? That's why so often that we're here. It's why we come to worship on Sundays, to come to Jesus. All of us, every single one of us, carries with us the burdens of this life. And while there are burdens that all of us may share, I'm positive there are as many unique issues weighing on our souls as there are people in this room today. And so before you hear anything else, hear this that Christ is here for you, that Christ's arms are open to all of us. In him, you will find no condemnation, no anger, no judgment. In him, you will find love, grace, and peace. In Christ, you will find rest. And that's our hope at faith. Like, that's whenever you come here, whether you come here to worship for, to, uh, to worship, or whether you come on uh, for Boy Scouts or Friendship Club or, or Tuesday for Chamber of Commerce Luncheon or next Sunday for Vacation Bible School, that whatever brings you here, you will find Christ. People will find Christ. All people will find Christ when they arrive. That for whatever burdens you're carrying, you will find Christ rest, at least for a little while, at least for your time inside these walls. It's why we start every service with a time of silence, a time to let go of the outside world and turn our hearts to the Prince of Peace, the Lord of the Sabbath. We pray that you will find no condemnation here, no anger, no judgment, that you will find, we say it every week, a place, a purpose, and a passion for all people. It means for you. Our prayer is that this place may indeed become a sanctuary from the stress, the worry, the doubt, the fear, the guilt, the pain of the outside world. And so if we offer nothing else to you today and every day, know that we offer Christ. And in Christ you will find what? Rest. Rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And know also, though, that faith is a place where you can learn to follow Christ, to walk in his steps, to share his rest and his peace with others. Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And it, it seems to me kind of strange at this point to think of finding rest in a yoke. Because if you're like me, yoke means work, right? Yokes are used for beasts of burden. Those are like the cutest cows ever. They have happy eyes and they're working. <laughs> I never have a happy eyes when I'm doing heavy labor. How am I supposed to rest from my burdens, though, if you're asking me to join you with yours, that's the question I always think when I hear this. Take my yoke and you'll find rest. Nope. A yoke does not mean rest. It's a paradox. 
It's a mystery. It's, it's, it's one of the toughest of questions for me sometimes to think of what Jesus is offering. It's so it took me a look, spending this week with our saint of the week to find my way through this paradox of work and rest and to a place where I can truly recognize the peace offered by Christ's yoke. Agnes Gonje Boyajiu, you know, you know her? You do. She's an ethnic Albanian that was, who was born in what is today Skopje, North Macedonia on August 26th. 1910, we know her as Mother Teresa. The name Gonje means little flower in Albanian, and Mother Teresa was seen by her mother as, as an infant even, as, as fragile as a flower, yet also with a full of the Spirit of God. And so, her fa- in fact, her mother said to Teresa's brother and sister, she said that she didn't think that their sister would be with them for long, that she would either die early or leave to serve the Lord. Thankfully for the world, it was the latter. <laughs> Yet she was burdened by fragile health her entire life. For all she did in her 87 years, she always yearned to do more. It was one of the things that drove her, and yet this burden of fragile health that kept her from doing all that she felt called to do. She was born into a middle-class family with some influence, but when she was eight years old, her father died mysteriously. They think he was poisoned. He was politically active, and that was not a good thing at that time. And so Teresa carried the weight of her father's death and the burden of not knowing how or why for her entire life. After the, after the loss of her father, her mother was left to care for three children, with not much at all. And so life got ex- increasingly difficult for the Boyajius. However, they were buoyed by the faith of a mother and her heart for all those who were in worse conditions than them. They didn't have much at all, and yet their mom was continually inviting their poor neighbors, their hard neighbors, into the house. By the time she was 12, and this is her, she's second from the right, at, at her confirmation. <laughs> this is uh, Mother Teresa. At, and and at, by age of 18, though, or by age of 12, I mean, she knew that she was going to be in service to the Lord, that she was going to give her life and join the religious life. And so at 18, she did. She left for Ireland and joined the Sisters of Loreto, where she trained to be a missionary teacher in India. That was her first vocation in India. This is her joining the sisters. Her first vocation in India was teaching young children in um, Calcutta. And that was this, by the way, when she joined this, um, this um, nunnery, that was the last time that she saw her biological sister and her mother in her lifetime. A burden, again, that she carried with her all the rest of her days. Global politics kept her from getting to them, though her brother made it out before what would become Yugoslavia closed its borders. Mother Teresa might have returned to her family home, but there was no guarantee that the government would let her out, so she had to choose the life Christ called her to or her family. And by that time, the burden for the poor of Calcutta was firmly on her heart. After a few years teaching in the relative comfort of the Sisters of Laredo compound in India, she was so moved by the poverty, the sickness, and the pain outside the walls where she was teaching that Mother Teresa petitioned the Catholic Church to begin a new ministry of compassion for the dying. 
that no one might die alone. And this new, this new sisterhood would own no property, no wealth, but live simply providing love and compassion and companionship for the suffering in Calcutta. It took years of work, but eventually she founded the Missionaries of Charity. And there were four primary vows for all new initiates, chastity, poverty, obedience, and a vow, and this is a quote, to give wholehearted free service to the poorest of the poor. These four vows, which she considered an order from God, defined her life and the lives of the missionaries of charity, even to this day. Mother Teresa and her new sisters cared for the lepers in Calcutta, providing them rest and peace, sometimes healing and restoration, but most often companionship and dignity as they lie dying. They brought in orphaned children from the streets, often malnourished, uneducated, disabled, and provided them a hope and a future. She often said that one of the greatest diseases was loneliness, and so they endeavored to make sure no one ever needed to be alone. And yet Mother Teresa would write frequently of the burden of loneliness that afflicted her heart for her whole life. She also stood firm her entire life in wholeheartedly embracing this vow of poverty. So this is one of my favorite stories I, I, I learned. that When the Pope came to visit her one time, it happened multiple times, but the Pope gave the Sisters of, Charity, the, uh, of Compassion his luxury Pope-mobile. Right, gave them the Pope mobile to use as they traveled. Mother Teresa promptly auctioned it off to the highest bidder and then channeled the proceeds to her work with the poor. When she won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979, she refused the traditional multiple thousands and thousands of dollar banquet for the awardees. Instead, she asked that the money be given to the poor. And for all that, she still spoke of, to her spiritual mentors about a burden that she felt, this tingling to give up a life of poverty that always lingered in the back of her mind, haunting the edges of her souls. She was burdened by the plight of her brother, though even though he made it out of Yugoslavia, he was living as an exile, and she also said, I often feel the burden of never having children of my own. The missionaries of charity became a global force for compassion during her lifetime. Houses opening to care for AIDS victims in New York, the first place in the United States to care for AIDS victims. Immigrants in London, the poor in Cuba, Nicaragua, Russia, even in Yugoslavia, she was able to go back after her mother died and her sister had died. She went back to visit their graves and opened up a, a, a convent there for the sisters as a thank you to all her family had done for her. Yet she was always burdened by not doing enough. She said, there is enough for everyone to eat if only we would share. <laughs> there would be no hunger. After her death in 1997, some of you might remember this, her letters to her spiritual mentor were published, revealing a deeper burden that she felt in her soul. Her own dark night of the soul in which she felt a burden of doubt and often a separation from God. She would write about the long nights when she felt so alone in the dark, unable to feel Christ's presence, unable to feel his peace, unable to find the rest that he offers. She asked for prayers that she might keep up a facade of outer joy. There's that word, Matthew. Thank you. To mask the pain that she felt inside. Pray for me, she asked, for I feel like God does not want me. 
If you're around my age, you all remember Mother Teresa was held up as a saint even before she died. Like you remember, she was our example of virtue, charity, love, faith. You ever hear someone say this? Who do you think I am, Mother Teresa? You might remember then it was a shock to learn that she had doubts. And Mother Teresa had her burdens and she struggled and felt the weight of life. And if Mother Teresa struggled, like what hope is there for any of us? And yet we do have hope. We have the same hope that carried her through 70 years of ministry to the poorest of the poor, the least, the lost, and the lonely. The same hope that caused her never to abandon God even when she felt abandoned by God. You see, even as she cried out about not feeling Christ's presence in the dark of night, she said, I always know where to find him. She said, with the poor, I always find Jesus. Or to put it another way, I always find Jesus when I am with the ones who burden God's heart. And that's it brought me out of this paradox of finding peace and rest from our own burdens through the burdens of another. That through the mystery of faith, the burdens that God places on our hearts, the same burdens that are on Christ's heart, those burdens offer us rest. They offer us peace. They offer us comfort and faith, even in the midst of what looks like difficult, unsmiling work. It's why I know that when I'm feeling weighed down by life, when I'm feeling burdened by the things that overwhelm my soul, struggling sometimes even with my own faith in what God has for me, I know that I can find peace. I know that I can find rest and can find a renewal of faith when when I spend time with young people of all ages or with the beautiful people at Friendship Club and Backpack Snacks and or, or teaching others about the wonderful mystery of Scripture and faith. Like, because God has placed on my heart Christ's burden for those who often go unseen. Christ has placed that burden on my heart that those who are so often unseen might be seen, might be heard, might be known. That's why I hear from Pastor Shauna all the time that when she's struggling, when she's weighed down and burdened, that she finds peace, rest, and renewal of faith when she's caring for strangers as a chaplain in a hospital or caring for friends as a pastor here at Faith. God placed on her heart Christ's burden of compassion for the physically and spiritually sick. Do you feel one of Christ's burdens? on your heart today. Because Jesus ends our scripture today saying this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now we covered this. Y'all know what a yoke is, right? A yoke is used by humans on animals to do work, pulling, farming, hauling. Do you know how many animals are are joined to a single yoke. Two, right? You did both cows. There they are. You can choose which one you are. And so if we're talking about Jesus' yoke, are we alone in that yoke? No. 
It's Jesus' yoke, so who's with us? Jesus. You see, when we take on Jesus' yoke, we don't take on his burden alone. Christ is with us always. And his burden is light. His burden will not weigh us down. And his yoke is what? Easy. And yet here's the, here's the thing. The Greek word that, man, so often is translated as easy. Actually, in the New Testament, the word that we see as easy most often is translated as kindness in the New Testament. Specifically, the kindness of God. So really, Christ's yoke, Christ's burden, is a burden of what? Kindness. Judging from the kindnesses that Mother Teresa was called to share, that was true in her life, that his yoke on her was of kindness. Every week I I see the kindnesses that Pastor Shauna is burdened to share with you all, and I hear about what she does at research. And I know that my burden is to share kindness with all people, even if I don't always live up to that. But here's what I know, that we all have come here today with burdens. We've all come weighed down by the struggles and the cares of our life outside these walls. I know that we pray every week that we will meet Christ when we come inside these walls and find even for a little time some rest as we linger in his presence. But I also know what Jesus did. (laughs) Jesus called us to take on his yoke, to bear the things that burden Christ's heart alongside him. And that yoke will lead us outside these walls so that we may share the simple kindnesses of Jesus with others. The same burden that led Mother Teresa outside the walls of her convent into the streets of Calcutta. You know, I've mentioned Pastor Shauna's burden from Christ. I've mentioned my own. I've mentioned Mother Teresa's. But we all make up the body of Christ together. And none of us, Lord knows, can bear all of Christ's burdens for the least, the lost, and the lonely. None of us alone can manage Christ's yoke in its fullest. But I truly believe that Christ has placed a piece of his burden in each of our hearts. It's there. If we'd only listen. So maybe you felt that burden in your life. Maybe you're feeling it today. And maybe you're still waiting to know what Christ has for you. Either way, I think you know what, what the question is, right? When you do hear Christ whisper his burden on your heart, What will you do? Will you take on his yoke? Trusting that this burden will not weigh you down, but that this burden, paradoxically, in the mystery of faith, might actually bring you peace and rest. Will you leave these walls and share the kindness of Christ's yoke with others? Amen. Amen.